Mark chapter 14, beginning in verse 3. If you have it, say amen. amen. Actually, go back to verse 1. Let's, let's, get some, um, let's get some context here. After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. Of course, they're talking about Jesus. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, again, this is talking about Jesus, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have given, been given to the poor and they murmured against her. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will, ye will, ye may do them good, but me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Tonight, this subject is what I'm preaching on tonight anything and everything, anything and everything. That's just a brief summary of what was really in my heart tonight, anything and everything. Here's the entire thing that's on my heart. God doesn't owe me anything, but I owe him everything. Anything. He doesn't owe me anything. But I sure owe him everything. Everything. Now, there's been some speculation, and this is just by way of introduction. I want to clear something up if you've ever had this confusion. But there is a similar account in Matthew, actually Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's a similar account. And you'll find a lot of people will say it's the same account. It's the same story. But after you do say, and I'll, we're going to prove it here uh, with the Bible. But uh, after studying and after looking some things over, uh, Mark's version here in chapter 14 corresponds with Matthew and John's version of this story. But Luke's story is just a little different. Has some similarities but it's not the same account. Number one, in Luke chapter seven, verses 36 and 37, it says that Jesus was with a Pharisee, it says, Simon the Pharisee. And uh, also it tells us that the woman in Luke is a woman of the city, which means that she was a prostitute. So we know in Matthew, Mark, and John's gospel account, we know that this woman's name, according to John, was Mary, the sister of Lazarus. And we also know that Mary, the sister of Lazarus, was not a woman of the city. 
So there's actually two different anointings that we have by women in the gospel accounts. You, you with me so far? Okay. Let's notice some other differences. In Luke's account, the scene takes place somewhere in Nain, in Galilee. But in Matthew, Mark, and John, it tells us where it's at. It takes place in Bethany near Jerusalem. Okay, so in Luke's account, the, the, the dinner is only attended by unbelievers. But in this account, and also in Matthew and John's account, the dinner is attended by Jesus' disciples, Lazarus, and Mary. We already mentioned that in Luke's account, the woman is for, referred to as a prostitute. But again, we know in John's account, and also this correlation in Mark and Matthew, this woman is Mary, the sister of Lazarus. In Luke's account, the woman only pours oil on Jesus' feet. But in Matthew, Mark, and John, we know that she pours it on his head. In Luke's account, the woman is crying, using her tears to wash the feet of Jesus. But in Matthew, Mark, and John, the woman is never said to be crying, but she anoints Jesus with this perfume. So we know this is two different accounts. And you say, well, why would you say that? It's very important to understand who this woman was and what Jesus did for her. Because if you don't understand who this woman is in Mark chapter 14, then you truly don't understand what she was giving to Jesus. So it's Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Everyone okay with that? Mary, the sister of Lazarus. And so we have here, he's in this house of Simon the leper. He's sitting down and this woman who we know as Mary, the sister of Lazarus, comes with this alabaster box. She breaks the box, pours it on his head and anoints him. And we know that there was much indignation. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But Jesus said what she has done will be remembered forever. So really, what is the purpose of this text? And why is it in the Bible in the first place? It's the title of my message. God doesn't owe us anything. But we owe him everything. I want you to notice three things about this passage of scripture and what I feel this tells us. First of all, I want you to notice there's a reason why it gives detail in verse three when it says, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. Now, when it says Simon the leper, automatically your spiritual antennas should go up. Right? Because if you are a leper... There's some things that go with leprosy. According to Leviticus, lepers, what they would do is they would walk around with ripped clothes. They would shave their head. They would wear a sign that said unclean. Everywhere they go, they had to cry unclean, unclean. And they would be living in a leper colony until they died. Basically, it's biblical uh, times version of hospice. They would live in this place and, and there's been s some record to say that when you start to study in leprosy, 
you'll find that in this leper colony, they would, they would give them a shovel and they would dig their own grave. And as they would begin to get more sick and as the leprosy began to eat away at their body, they would lie down in that hole. They would dig for themselves and basically die in that hole. And then when they would die, they would come along and push dirt on them. Very serious disease and, 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 and Bible scholars believe and also Jews believe that leprosy came from God. It was a punishment of God. And leprosy started within and then by the time you saw it on the outside, it was too late. But Mark says, Jesus was at the house of Simon the leper. So here's my thinking, one of two things. Number one, Simon isn't in the house. He's in the leper colony somewhere and this just happens to be Simon's house and he's not there. Or number two, <laughs> Jesus is there and Simon ain't a leper no more. <laughs> and the only reason why he's called Simon the leper Simon was a very common name in those days. That's why Jesus, Jesus was a common name. That's why he's called Jesus of A+. So Simon had this distinction of being a leper, so that way it would distinguish him from every other Simon around. And so my belief and my opinion is this, it is the latter, it is not that Simon was a leper and still a leper and in a leper colony somewhere. No, I believe he was sitting right there at the table and I believe he had been a leper, but Jesus touched him and healed him somewhere along the way. Could he have possibly been the leper that came back and said, <laughs> and thanked him for healing? Could he possibly have been the one? Listen, folks, aren't you thankful when Jesus makes a difference in your life? This is what... This this verse shows us, it shows us the, the witness of transformation. It shows that when Jesus gets into your life, he can change you and transform you. Uh, this disease was, was supposed to be a sign of the wrath of God. And yet here come the son of God, able to uh, cure the wrath of God. Uh, and you say, what does that have to do with me? I'm so glad you asked. We all deserve the wrath of God. Hallelujah, it's called sin. But Jesus came and satisfied the wrath of God and transformed our life. Hallelujah. The witness of transformation. But also this verse shows us, and I'm going to park it right here for a little bit. Not only the witness of transformation, but it also shows us the worship with adoration. So here comes Jesus. He's sitting He's at Simon the leper's house. And while he is eating, this woman we know as Mary, the sister of Lazarus. I want you to get that in your mind. The sister of Lazarus comes with this alabaster box and it says of ointment of spikenard. That's very important why that's in there. Spikenard comes from the nard plant. The nard plant was very precious. In fact, it only came from one place and that was India. So it was imported into Israel. 
And so this, this uh, nard plant was used for perfume and for oil. And so it was, it was prepared specifically for perfume and for in an oil compound. And so we know that if you study the Bible and you have to understand this, this ointment was very precious. Women would keep that with them all the way and uh, all the way even until their marriage. And they would use it as a dowry as they were married. But, but, but Mary said, I want to come and give this to Jesus. And so we know that she comes and it says she breaks the box of ointment and breaks it. Now, now don't, don't, don't think she just threw it on the ground and broke the box. That's not what that means. If you look that up, what that means is she broke the seal of that box because if you break something on the ground, you ain't gonna be able to pour it. So she broke the seal and was able to break the top of that box and she was able to pour it over the head of Jesus. So listen, let's run over that one more time. And then she prepared it. It was precious. She poured it and it was public and it was personal. Now I gave you a lot of peas right there, but let's over it one over it one more time. This was a prepared ointment. You see, this is a beautiful picture of real worship. She comes and she has this ointment prepared. She came to the house prepared to give this to God. I'll say that one more time. She came to the house prepared to give this to God. It was her form of worship. She didn't come into the house and think, oh, you know what? While Jesus is here, let me go ahead and pour this on him. No, she came with purpose and she came prepared to worship God when she entered into the house. Do I got to tell you anymore? I think you understand where I'm going. When we get into this house, we need to come prepared to give our all to God. We have to come with the attitude, he don't owe me anything, but I owe him everything. That's the reason why Wednesdays are so important. And that's the reason why churches want to get rid of them. Because they think God owes them something. But God don't owe us anything, folks. Yes, he has blessed us beyond measure. But hallelujah, I didn't come here tonight just to sit around and do nothing. I came prepared with a message. And I came prepared to worship. And all I would to God, that every one of us 100% would come to the house of God prepared to give our all. Do you think what God is doing right now? I feel the Lord tonight. You think what God is doing right now in our midst with just about half of you really giving all to Jesus. But can you imagine if 100% of us give it all to God every time we come to the house of God? Think about what he would do to our church. It was prepared. It was precious. If you do the research, this was about a year's worth salary for this lady. This was her future. This was her dowry to be married. But you know what she said to him? I don't care if I ever find a man. <laughs> I don't care about my own personal future. All I want is to give everything to my Lord and my Savior. 
it, it was precious to her and it cost her something to give it to Jesus. She not only, it was not only precious and prepared, but she poured it. She gave it all and poured it all out onto the Savior. Oh, that's what he wants for us. He wants us to pour our praise upon him every time we enter into his house. And also it was public. She did it right in front of people, even though she didn't care what they thought about her. She didn't care what they were saying. She said, I'm going to praise my God anyhow. And it was personal. This was something she had to do on her own. Mommy and daddy didn't tell her to do it. Hallelujah. She said, I'm going to pour out my own personal praise to the Lord and Savior. See, when I come to church, I don't need you to get me worked up. I don't need, I don't need a song. I don't need a sermon. No, I'm going to praise God all by myself. And if I'm the only one going to praise, hallelujah, I'm going to praise him. Why? Because... Oh, hallelujah. Here's why. Because I, he don't owe me anything, but I owe him everything. Yeah. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. This is real worship. I don't need anybody else to worship for me. <laughs> Good preaching, Brian. Thank you. I don't need anybody else. And you shouldn't need anybody else. You know what? You know why I kept saying this is Mary, the sister of Lazarus? You know why this was so important to her? Because Jesus meant a lot to Mary. This account occurs in John chapter 12. And if you go home and read it, you'll be blessed. Because you know what happened in John 11, right? Lazarus died. Jesus raised him from the dead. And in John chapter 12, it says when he was sitting at dinner and Lazarus was there also. Lazarus is there. The disciples are there. Jesus is there. And Mary says, you know what? Jesus, you performed a miracle for me and my family. So all you deserve is for me to give everything back to you. Oh, I can't understand it. When God does something for somebody, they just want to sit there and say, no, but listen, if God does something for you, if he's performed a miracle for you, hallelujah, the least we can do is praise him. Why? Because no one else could do what Jesus did for Lazarus and no one else could do what Jesus has done for you. It's time to worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Worship with adoration. A witness of transformation. But here's the way it happens. Every single time. Because see, worship does some things in a church house. Worship is not only contagious, but it exposes. You say, what do you mean exposes? It exposes people that don't like worship. Am I right? Look at what happened. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? Now, Mark was nice. Mark was nice. He just said some. 
But Matthew wasn't so nice. He said the disciples. God's closest followers. The inner circle got mad that this lady was worshiping Jesus. Worship is not only contagious, but it exposes. And I feel a little resistance right now. You know why? Because it embarrassed them. Because they should have been doing what she did. But yet they were so worried about gaining instead of giving. She was worried about giving to God, but they were worried about what they could gain from the oil. Oh, we could have sold it. And then, you know, oh, we could have sold it and got money. We could have gave it to the poor. Don't you love what? That's the, that wasn't their motive at all. Their motive was to get gain for their own self. But Mary said, I don't care if I got another dime the rest of my life. Jesus deserves everything I got. And worship will expose. You say, Brian, you can tell who don't like worship and who does? Oh, yeah. Some of them are here tonight. See, I got a great view up here. And I could tell, now, you know, the old, smile, you know, the old saying is, you know, if you love the Lord, you tell your face about it. You know, we could, it's not about the face. No, the eyes are the window of the soul. I can look through your eyes. You don't have to have a smile on your face or, you know, because some people I look back at, and I know they're into the service, but they just have a, you know, they're paying attention. They may not have, you know, but I can tell if people are aggravated when people worship. Let me give you a big warning. Do not ever make fun or disdain anybody's form of worship. Ever. And you better not do it this week because I'm in a mood. When we get here, this isn't a time to yeah, you can get here early in fellowship. You can get here early and socialize. That's fine. But that's not why we're here. We're here to worship. And we're here to give Jesus everything we got. You know why, Steve, I'm giving everything I got tonight? Because this may be the last time that I have an opportunity. Today, I'll, I'll say, I was going to wait till the end, but I'm going to say it now. Today, I got to visit uh, visitation. Me and Levi went up to Flatwoods, Kentucky. Many of you may remember the Joyful Three that sang at our Jubilee, and I think they might have even sung at our church in years past. Bob Daniels and Ruth Lean and Charles Langdon. Charles passed away, been a preacher for, since the age of 15 years old, in his upper 80s. His wife, him and his wife, Ruth Lane, been married 64 years. And that happens to be Steve's sister, 
It's her father-in-law. And so we got to be with the family today. And his wife, Ruth Lean, she's so, she's, she hasn't changed a bit. But she's weak and frail. She said, you know what the Lord did for us? Ten minutes before he died, he woke up out of being unresponsive and began to pray for everybody he could remember. And at the end of his prayer, listen, at the end of his prayer, he raised his hand and says, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And that was the last words off his lips. Ten minutes later, he went on to be with Jesus. I want to go out shouting, how about you? That's why we do what we do. That's why we give everything we have. And if you don't like it, just don't like it. But you know what? I'm going to have a great time. Why? Because he don't owe me anything. But I owe him everything. You got five more minutes? The witness of transformation, the worship with adoration. But I want you to notice this. Her worship was worthy of memorization. Look at what Jesus said. You, you know, the poor is going to be with you always, he said. But I'm not going to be. And what she had done, what she could. She's anointed my body for the burial. See, if you think about that, the women were coming to anoint him, but they didn't have to. Because Mary had already done it. My dad preached a message years ago about this passage. Mary had already anointed his body for the burial and every step that he took he smelt the perfume from the alabaster box. Every smack on his cheek, every pulling out of the beard of his face, he could get a smell of the perfume of Mary's love that she poured out on him. Wow. And Jesus said, wherever this gospel is preached, she will not be forgotten. In fact, he put it this way. Wherever this shall be preached throughout the world, this also shall, that she hath done, shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. I know this is elementary, but do you know what a memorial is? A memorial is a way to keep someone that has passed, keep them alive. It's a memorial. Sometimes a memorial can be classified as a stone. Sometimes a memorial, Calvin Door Seven's memorial, Camp Mini. It's the way to keep their memory alive. Right? Every, every, I think, every state in this nation has a Martin Luther King Highway. It's a memorial. a memorial it's something created to keep someone alive and he said as long as this gospel is preached 
at this very moment, I'm making a memorial to keep her memory and her name alive. How did that happen? Because she was willing to give it all to the Lord. Y'all look behind me. You know what that is? It's a memorial to keep someone alive. And every time we look at that, it reminds us that he gave it all. That he gave it all. That's all he wants from us. I, I don't have anything to bring him that could adequately pay for what he did for me. But you know all that he wants? He wants my worship. Because he don't owe me anything. Say it with me. But I owe him everything. Your heads are bowed. Sam, would you come and get a song prepared, please? I didn't ask you before, and I apologize. Your heads are bowed tonight. A little bit different. Not going to beg, not going to plead. But maybe you just want to take a moment. And you want to come and you want to break the seal on the box. And pour your worship out to him. Maybe he's done something for you this week. Maybe you just want to come and thank him and praise him for what he's done in your life. I guarantee we are way behind on our worship. He loves it when we pour out to him. If you don't know the Lord as your savior tonight, you truly can't worship him. And he's, he tells us he seeketh such as to worship him. But you have to worship him in spirit and in truth. And until you know the Lord as your personal savior, you cannot worship him. So why don't you come and give your heart to Jesus tonight? Give him your life. And in turn, he will give you abundant life.